It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You know, it's not a bad idea. What? Making a girl. Actually making a girl. This is ML and Sean. I give her one digits mammary glance. Something's about to change their world. Something out of this world. She's alive! Alive! What would you little maniacs like to do first? It's all in the name of science. The soul of Detroit. <laughs> That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You have to be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids, it's your old pal and weird scientist, ML Elric, back with another edition of The Soul of Detroit. And we have... So many people in here, the first thing that somebody said when they walked in is, what are a couple unpopular dicks like you doing having a party? That's from, said a, that? that's from a movie. Some Australian guy who was in The Road Warrior. <laughs> who ended up... Great, just, great reference no one got. Let's just put it this way. Uh, was that Cotillas? Who what? I can't think of his first name. Another awesome reference that no one gets. Elias Cotillas? No, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> no, no. What? Should we start over? That, he was in Witness or something. No, it was a no, guy No, he wasn't named, in Witness. I'll figure it out. Anyways, he's an Australian guy. They don't even have Elias Cotillas brothers over there for restaurants. Another reference oh, to things God, that, are, that are long gone but very popular in the 80s. Well, we have a lot of guests with us, and we're very excited today to introduce, not Mark and Sean, they're here every, every week, and... Uh, I was a little concerned with that sound in the intro that Sean was more concerned about somebody's physical attributes than the content of their character. I wasn't listening. That's Oh, thanks. All the hard work I did. Not uh, atypical, but uh, still troubling. But we have our, uh, our name and image likeness sponsored athlete, Kalina Nice, is with us. And our intern, our first ever intern, so we have our first ever nil, and then a guy who hopefully is going to amount to more than nil, Mr. Patrick Schmitz, who is going to be taking this show to another level 
throughout the summer. So young people, please introduce yourself to all the old people listening. I don't appreciate being called nil. I hope I'm a little more than that. Name and image likeness. It's an abbreviation. Oh, how rude. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's, it's fine. No, it's, it's fine. still rude. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. I think that introduction, a uh, lot of pressure now. Uh, take this place to in a completely uh, better environment, new direction. I'm pretty excited to do it, though. I'm pretty excited wow. to work with you guys. That was a very professional intro. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the only man not on a camera, by the brim, way. Brimming with enthusiasm. He's got to work his way up to a camera. <laughs> Just this like is, Sean. Yeah. Maybe not Sean's camera. Although I do think Sean sure. looks very vibrant today, doesn't he? Doesn't he look uh, awake? But that's a, that's a, that's a low a, bar. Yeah, that's a big. You think that's a low bar. It's a low bar. You know it's pitiful. Oh, here we go. What? <laughs> that it's it's beautiful outside. It's warm outside, and I grabbed a hoodie out of my back seat to come in here, because because men control the interiors of the world and like air conditioning, what? right? So I can't. What what is happening to me that I that I get a little chill and it's beautiful outside that I got to come in in a goddamn sweatshirt. <laughs> Wow, sweatshirt and some blasphemy is quite a day over there. You, know, you need to see, go see a doctor. I'm 50 going on 80, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. The blood's thinning. A lot of our listeners are like, uh, <laughs> I had him at 70 going on 80. Okay. So um, it's the, the, the ever-vescent and youthful Sean Windsor joins us. Everybody. But vibrant, that's nice. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Just like your soul. I don't know where all that where it all went. Those are vibrim. It disappeared. And you walked in, I'm like, wow, you look like a new man today, Sean. And then the mics go on and... It's the same, yeah. <laughs> pretty well, much. We we are. What are we doing today? Yeah, I, I I totally I've totally spaced out. I don't know. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, Bill Paxton. We're gonna have a lot of Bill Paxton worked in through the show. If you recall from last week, we discussed, and I don't know how we got on the topic, but uh, one of the greatest cinematic figures, the vibrant guy since Wells. Oh, was that you? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so it was a major contribution to the show that came very near the end. So, yes, I should have I should have reverse engineered that and knew it came from Sean. Mark is motioning you to speed up, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just a habit I have. Oh, all right. I thought maybe. With this podcast. <laughs> I knew that was coming. He's sitting in Brandon. See, I thought I may have been waving something away. <laughs> but we are going to be talking as well about a couple topics that you may have seen in the news. The untimely death of former MSU basketball star Adrian Payne. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, some poorly chosen words at a public meeting. Um, but first, the only reason we get to talk about any of this is because of our very generous sponsors. So we'd like to thank Luke Nowacki for sponsoring not only our show, but all of the shows in the Red Shovel Network. And if you've been watching your portfolio right now, you are Don't. probably in the fetal position. Stop doing that. Let Luke do that for you. Yeah, just put your head in the sand and uh, let Luke handle it for you because you don't want to overreact. A lot of people will overreact right now. The market's just plunging, plunging, plunging. No one can figure it out, but maybe Luke can. Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Rational financial advice, stocks, bonds. How do you allocate that 401k? What is a 529? Should you have one? Get advice, get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki once again. Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke... He'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRAS.TC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Yeah. Now, if you're watching a live broadcast of the show on YouTube 
or maybe you're watching the replay on YouTube channel ML Elric, and you see that picture, Luke Nowacki. I know Luke is sitting down, but when I first saw it, I thought, oh my God, Luke hired some really tall guys because <laughs> it does look like they're Luke's a over pretty yeah. well proportioned guy. And I'm, Nicholas, like, yeah. I'm like, wow, uh, Luke's starting a He's corporate a team. basketball team. What's going on? These guys must be, must be pretty good. But, um, but go see for yourself how big everybody really is over at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Or, you know, you want to save some money, there's another way to do that. That's refinancing or maybe turning to Hall Financial for your first mortgage. They are also a sponsor of all the shows here on the Red Shovel Network, and they will save you a bundle. Well, right now, too, if you have uh, – does anybody here have credit card debt? Uh, no. As no? the Quite recently yet. unemployed, I, I have to say affirmative. Patrick, do you have credit card debt? Not yet, but not yet. Soon. I'm looking forward to having credit card debt. That's a good way to look at it. After he goes out and buys all those lattes for the team, he'll have some credit card debt. Uh, student loans, you guys are going to have to pay those off. Maybe you want to remodel your house, right, Sean? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the support for the read. Um, a cash out refinance. That's what they're going to do right now at Hall Financial. Give them a call. You can even get a, a quick five-minute mortgage review, but figure out how to get cash out of that house that you have because the average homeowner gained over $30,000 in home value just last year alone and uh, they can get you a cash out refinance payment in as little as eight business days they have over five thousand five star reviews check them out online callhallfirst.com or 866 call hall c-a-l-l-h-a-l-l and when you call them make sure you let all our sponsors know that you found out about them from this show we also want to thank the Cadu cafe there's always something great going on at the Cadu cafe which is the pride of the east side. Every Monday night is open blues jam. <laughs> there it is. Excuse me. I was wondering, you made a weird noise beforehand. Can you find I'm your dying. cough? Can you find no. your cough button? <coughs> um, last time it was. Nobody help him. Well, huh? I'll say, let me. Is there, this where? There we go. <laughs> well, last time that we were talking about that before the show, last time you pressed the wrong cough button and proceeded to cough into the mic. I had a I'm counter. I'm editing none of this. I had a counter and two. I had a cough button to my left. That's the only one I could see. And the one that I'm supposed to use is buried on my right. So I'm, that's uh Oh, yeah. So it's the setup. Remove the bag of carrots and you'll be able to see It's, it. it's poor yeah, staging. Don't eat. Poor staging. No, no. It was, I was coughing because I was thinking about. Choked up about how great. Yeah. There were so many amazing things going on that they all tried to rush out of my, uh, out of my esophagus at once. And so I'm going to take it slow because okay. slow and steady wins the race. Monday night. Open Blues Jam and Muscle Madness. Tuesdays, Funk Night. Wednesday, Karaoke, or some people call it karaoke. Thursdays, The Alternatives take the stage. On Friday, Fabulous Disaster, which is a Sex Pistols tribute band that starts at 7. On Saturday, it's The Orbisons, a Roy Orbison-inspired band, and Carolyn Strio. And Sunday, Django Phonic and Tony Camaletti kick it live. Kicking it live? Something like that. For more, visit CadjuCafe.com. We appreciate their support. And if you're out and out on the east side, you're more likely to see me at the Cadu Cafe than anywhere else. I hope that doesn't hurt their business, but it's a good place to go. So I was amazed how many, how many people reached out to us expressing their great love for Bill Paxton. And we actually... How ridiculous. We were trying to, trying to uh, be very empirical about this and find out what was the most significant contribution to American cinema, cinema involving the late great Mr. Paxton. Mark, what was the what was the final uh final figure? Oh, Weird Science that? easily won. Weird Science beat aliens. Yeah. Wow. So Mr. I Mr. Sean Chagrin, look at him, man. He looks angry. He actually thought it was uh, a simple plan. 
That's why he was mad. His film was not included in the survey. <laughs> no, it wasn't. 53 and a half to 46 and a half. Weird science. All the way. Not even close. So I, I went Blow back. Blow out. And we were Eat de- it, Windsor. We were debating some of the- You best- asked the wrong question. Sorry, Mike. But I, I, you're the one that said it was more culturally relevant. The, his, the, his quotes are more memorable from aliens. That's, oh, I disagree. That was my only point. I disagree. Yeah. There, well, they were- For our narrow little audience, that's fine. But uh, for the United States of America, yeah, of course they're more- Kalina, have you memorable. seen either movie- I've seen Weird Science. Okay. Have you seen Aliens? No. See? More culturally relevant. Patrick, have you seen either movie? I haven't seen Weird Science, but I have seen Aliens. Uh, I'm stomach- Game I'm, over, I'm, man. I'm, I'm editing more that one famous. Out. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that line, but I've of never seen it. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Game over, man. You were you were there on my side last week, Mike. In terms of volume of memorable lines, absolutely aliens. That was my and, only point. Oh. Mark trying to turn it into this to turn treatise about you know, making up women out of computers. Yeah, you don't like John Hughes? Not really. What? You didn't like? Uh, I did like planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, that was the weakest of the 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 uh, John Hughes oeuvre. It's probably the only one that could get made today. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot. Ferris Sixteen Bueller? Candles. There were a lot of movies. I, Ferris that, Bueller's fun. Oh God! So okay. So Uncle I, Buck, Breakfast Club. I didn't Uncle, like Uncle, Uncle Buck. You didn't like Uncle. Why didn't you what? like Uncle Buck? Just too corny. Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles was good. Breakfast Club was great. Pretty in Pink. Mess with the bull, you get the horns. Pretty in Pink was okay. And then I, his, I, his I, best I, movie by far, Vacation, the original one. I don't agree. What? I honestly, Sixteen Candles is one of my favorite movies. Sixteen Candles and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sixteen Candles easily. Could not be I love Ferris Bueller. Sixteen yeah. Candles is problem or it's problem. It's got problems because of uh, what's what's the character's name? Again, the Asian guy. Can't even think of his name. Long things, Duck yeah. Dong. Long Duck Dong. Yeah. See? You're well, I think I think most of those movies included some sort of woman drinks too much and wakes up with exactly. creep on top exactly. of that. Exactly. Like, oh, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, that's eighties. Yeah. Uh, so you know. Yeah, that was ha ha funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, wow, Michael Michael Anthony Hall finally got a woman, but <laughs> she was drunk, so now he's not the king of the dorks. He's Anthony, Anthony Michael. What I say? Michael Anthony. Oh, at least I didn't say Philip Michael Hall, the guy, Mr. Bookman, and from uh, oh, from yeah. Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Philip um, something Hall. But he's great. Anyways, so uh, I was I was thinking about um, Ferris Bueller's Day, which I didn't like, but um, the guy who was in it, his buddy, is in Succession. Cameron. Uh, no, Alan uh, Ruck. I think his name is, and he was in. Um, yeah, he, play, his, he, he plays Cameron. Plays Cameron. Yeah, he plays Cameron. Okay, right, and he was also in um, Spin City, and he's he's the. He the, was in Speed. Right, of all but, things. And it got me thinking. You know, I know people want to pursue their 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 profession and their their career, and a lot of times it doesn't go the way you think it goes. But if you're Alan Ruck, if somebody had said, "You're going to go to Hollywood." You're going to have a successful career, but every gig you have, you're going to be the tool. Would you still want to? I mean, this guy, when he comes, when you see his name show up at the beginning of the screen, when they're flashing names, like there must be, there must be a complete loser in this because Alan Ruck is in it. I mean, he's always typecasted a doorknob. What is y'all's favorite John Hughes movie? Uh, definitely Ferris Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> I love that. Movie I love so Sixteen much. Candles. It's like my comfort movie. Like when I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, a a roofie in comfort. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, there are other parts to the movie. 
I just think I'm it's kidding. funny. Like, exactly. It's a gr- just oh, a classic. Oh, yeah, rape culture is funny. I mean, oh, sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. I know. It's I just know. one of those things, like, on Saturday mornings, my mom and I would be like, oh, let's watch 16 Candles or... Like when I'm on a plane, I'm like, oh, let's watch 16 Candles. Just one of those movies that's like my go-to. Like this is going to make me feel good and feel happy. That was the beginning of the the Molly Ringwald um, uh, phenomena. And then she kind of just totally disappeared. Although she was she supposed writes, to She be, writes books now, right? She was supposed Nobody to be reads. the woman who interviews. Um, I don't, especially the rundown. The guy in, uh, Clearly we're way in Sling Blade. She was originally cast as the woman who starts the movie talking to Billy Bob, but I, she got replaced by somebody else. Fascinating. You didn't like planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> uh, no, he said it was the weakest one of the best. It just was schmaltzy. To, it, it was, for just, sure. You know, it's like, oh, and at the end, oh, you know, oh, but he doesn't have a family. Small, mean guy gets a heart. It was like the Grinch all over again with Steve Martin. You don't like being Jack portrayed and, like that, do you? What's that? As the Grinch. I always thought of myself as the dog with the antlers on the top. Max. Max, yeah. <laughs> Just loyal, yeah. overcomes, yeah. kind of sees what's going on, but it's too cool to really, you know. Com- complicit in his crime. Uh, not, not entirely. Should have been charged as an accessory. What, to the break-in over yeah. at the, uh, at the, at the, the uh, Who Whoville? house uh-huh. in Whoville? Totally. Okay, what's amazing so is I'm how not. John Hughes has been canceled a little bit, some of his movies. That was a thing a couple of years ago. Well, he's also dead. No, but just his uh, his canon, so to speak. People started revisiting it a couple of years ago and thought, "Oh, well, we can't watch that, this. We can't. Let me watch ask this. you this: we Can't watch this. Is that is that kind of stupid in your mind? Or are you are you all for it? Uh, I don't know what you mean by stupid. Just like we should has it gone over? We should put them in the context of their time and. Well, I mean, those movies do them through that prison. Those movies mean a lot to people because they were just everywhere in the eighties, and and then. You know, in the 90s, they were always on cable every morning. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of laughs in a lot of those movies. And yeah, there's parts of 16 Candles that are eh, not the best scenes. But those are so minor to the whole movie, I think. I guess it depends on your point of view. Well, that's why I'm asking. I'm, I'm curious to your point of view. Well, it, it, it's almost like does a part cancel the whole? Because when you think about yeah. those movies that as someone who was... The age of all the dorks and just as dorky as the people are in those movies, it, they were all kind of underdog movies where the people who were overlooked or marginalized or left out somehow found a way to be significant or to surprise everybody, which right now would seem to be a really positive message where everybody thinks like, oh, nobody's paying attention to me or nobody understands me or recognizes me. But there was always something slipped in where somebody kind of did something creepy or somebody, you know, they're all the racial tropes where, you know, the Asian kids sure. comes to the school and then he's a goofball and, you know, everybody kicks him around, but he, they kind of, they crack a beer with him. So I guess it's okay. We're, you know, we're enlightened. No, because- we've come a long way for that, but I'm with you on vacation, by the way. That, right. That I, don't, I don't like any of the vacation movies, so what? I'm probably the wrong I thought the to- first one was. The first one was phenomenal. And it, hold, it actually holds up a little bit. Probably has some problems to it, doesn't it? The moose says you're closed. I say you're open. What's that? <laughs> it probably has some problems to it, though. Could it be made today? Oh, what? Ooglin, uh who yeah, was the Christy mob? Brinkley. Christy Brinkley. Uh-huh. And the, and the, was it a Ferrari? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. I mean, maybe. But that's what's that's so not special. giving somebody a roofie. That's and drives me up the fucking wall. No, you know? no, of course not. But it's also just a movie. You know, I know you hate. I know you hate the. It's just a argument. I don't. I don't. 
No, Sean, Sean saw it on PBS, right. so he thought it was a documentary. PBS, yeah, it was. Uh, it was Frontline. Family goes on vacation. To I just, an amusement I feel, park. So away. you had all these John Hughes movies, and then you had um, like Sandler movies were big, and then it was Apatow. What comedies are being made now? That's a good question. Even uh, Apatow well, stuff kind of from oh, 20 years ago, yeah, right? Well, not now on Twitter, he's super woke. But yeah, no, there were some movies, you know, um, Catherine Heigl was not happy about Knocked Up and some of the things in there, which, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's... She I mean, just it, wasn't happy, you could, period. You, you could really pick apart certain things in all his movies, and it's kind of like, well, what can be made now? Because I feel like people are scared to make things now. I agree with that. By the way, shouldn't we be talking about the Bill Paxton canon? Well, this this is kind of a corollary. He was in some of these. <laughs> I'll, right, I'll edit it I'm all. Kid, I'm now, kidding. I'm I know kidding. You are. So, do you know what one of Bill Paxton's early movies was? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so, I thought I thought that was a you were going to tell me such a lead. Okay, for I, I, I'll 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 take you a little bit down the path. This guy's a few cans short of a six pack, and then he was brutally murdered. Tell me. Terminator. He was one of the thugs at the yes, he was. Terminator who rolled up and said, wash day tomorrow, nothing clean. That was the other guy, You're which I always thought was weird that there was a guy who had a Canadian accent walking up to a killer android in L.A. What did he say? You're close. Give them to me now. Yeah. 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 You're close. Give them to me now. You know what his worst they movie is? They complied. That was actually. No, in fact. That no, movie holds up well, the, too. The first guy got killed. And then uh, when he turns to Paxton, Paxton starts taking off. His uh his studded leather vest. He had the blue spiky hair. I remember. Yeah. yeah. He was great. He stole the show. I, I don't even remember what happened after that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just sat there for the next hour and a half just to see the credits. Like, who was that dynamic young go getter? It's beginning? amazing back in those days how L- that was that was L.A. Right, and New York was similar. Both those places were always often filmed as this sort of apocalyptic kind of landscape, right? Where a guy with, a York? guy with spiky hair would be looking to cut you up. Just for walking around naked. Or date you like Nicolas Cage in Valley Girl. Oh, now that's, I love that movie. Now, did you guys see Valley Girl? Mm-mm. No. No. My I'm kids, I, I should. probably I, had their first date I, I when they went they to go see up. Valley Girl. Oh, and actually, I saw that not that long within the last couple of years. It, it's, and, oh, I love the Plimsolls, too. Why don't we ever play the Plimsolls, by the way? I think we have played the Plimsolls. Have we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe yeah. I was upstairs. No, you were probably saying, uh, you're sitting there thinking, boy, I wish this was uh, that David Byrne guy band where he wears the big suit. And then yeah. checking your emails. Yeah. Lots of uh, dead space today. I'm sorry. Well, we're talking about a lot of dead people. Bill Paxton, John Hughes, um, irony, you know, all, all gone and forgotten. <laughs> so pretty sure Bill Paxton was also in my favorite movie. It was uh, called The the Edge of Tomorrow. It came out Great about movie. eight That's years That's a ago. fantastic movie. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of all time. Why'd they change their title? Um, I think they might have just wanted to change things up a little bit. I have no idea. All I know is it's my favorite movie ever in uh my second favorite movie came out same opening weekend. So what's that? Uh, it's called A Million Ways to Die in the West. It's a comedy with Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've it's not good, seen it's that. Good film. There's another one that probably couldn't be made today. Well, he's making yeah. a TV show <laughs> that probably shouldn't be made. I mean, he gets away with every rude joke you've ever heard. I feel like it's just I don't know, gone too far. I think I think that it's uh, actually kind of gone too far. Yeah, it's gone a little bit far, but I think that they've also been doing a pretty good job at keeping comedy from being blacklisted and getting you canceled as it uh, as it is in other mediums. Like I feel like whenever I watch a comedy, it's always still trying to push the line and trying to 
go into that realm of shock humor that people have not really gotten as upset about in comedies as I have seen in other forms of entertainment. Oh, I feel, I feel like comics are constantly being attacked, especially stand-ups doing their shows. Sometimes literally, yeah. Well, but, but, yeah. but with Family Guy, I think it, every single thing that happens in the Family Guy is so offensive that That's people don't complain because when you sit down to watch the Family Guy, it's not like, oh, he's really enjoying this show. And then I can't believe somebody said that. It's like when you turn it on, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe somebody said that. And we're just getting warmed up. So I think he kind of protects himself by being you know, horrible from beginning to end, whereas other people may say something and say, oh, I'm not sure that was what we should have been talking about. You've talked about this before, Mike, and the idea, if you don't, if you stay away from punching down in comedy, you're usually okay, right? We, I, I know we've talked about this on the show before. It's been I know, but I still make jokes at your expense, and I feel vastly superior. <laughs> no, that's so okay. I'm no, broken my own. That's okay, but it's not, you know, I mean, I know it's punching down in the sense that you're vastly superior and much smarter and all that sort of thing, but... As far as society is concerned, you're not punching down, so it's okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah, this is white on white crime, so it's, yeah, so we're a couple, couple of- A couple of dudes living in brick, brick houses, right? A couple of so, sad old guys, broken dreams laying around us like so much shattered glass just sparring. Yeah. Living in a, a great a great Nothing to see kitchen. here. Yeah. Yep, just two two creepy guys in a basement. It's uh, inspiring. Um, so before we move on from Bill Paxton, even though it felt like we already did- uh, do you know what role he played in the JFK assassination? I don't remember. Is that a movie or his actual assassination? Was he, was he in actual the assassination? Oh, I what? wasn't alive then, so yeah. <laughs> he he did actually. I think help produce Parkland, which was a movie about how I think the hospital responded to having the president brought in there uh, after he was shot at Dealey Plaza. But Bill Paxton was. Brought up in Fort Worth, which is a suburb of Dallas. Alito. And his family. No, suburb a, of Dallas? That's a Supreme Court justice. What? It's a, it's a city in Texas? Are you going to give me that? We're going to argue about geography now? Suburb of Dallas. I just want you guys to fight. What are you arguing about? So Fort Worth he is. He called a, Fort Worth a suburb of Dallas. Well, it's what all the it? same. Fort Worth is a city in Texas that has some proximity to Dallas, but people 40, who know isn't it. Isn't it like 40 minutes away, though? About 30, 35, but. Okay, who's off by five minutes? So, uh, anyways. <laughs> Maybe um, 20 if you're on the. Thanks for tuning into the Texas Geography <laughs> Podcast. We're brought to you oh, by... Oh, a city of a million doing? people. What do you mean the suburb of Dallas? We're brought to you by Arlington nobody because nobody a gives a shit about how close Fort Worth is Don't to Dallas. Don't talk about my city that way. Uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Somebody gives a shit about how close Alito Fort Worth is. Alito is a suburb of Fort Worth, which is where Bill Paxton went to high school, <laughs> which is also where I went to high school. Oh, really? But that's a, a different story. So Sean's trying to bring us into Roe versus Wade with this Alito reference, but we are not falling into that. Uh, a D, not a T. A-L-E-D-O. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about Alito. It sounds like a fascinating place. It was a dry county when I, uh, it was in a dry county when I was there. So oh, wow. we, we had to go get our uh, malt duck. Is that true? In Fort Worth. That's fantastic. Yeah, there you go. Which is right That's next to Dallas. That's all you need to know. Yeah, you probably just oh, stepped across right the city line. Dallas, Irving, and uh, Arlington. Well, actually, not really Irving, tried, Arlington separate. really tried to throw Sean under the bus by making him talk about it, and then he actually tells a story yeah. about it. Uh, by the way, Irving he, was also the guy who sold him the, uh, the Ir Irving's cold more. duck Sorry, or whatever the hell it was. You're drinking cold duck in high school? You're kind of a fancy boy. Yeah. No, it was cheap, that and black label. No, it's malt duck. We were just trying to yeah. Malt duck is as close to cold duck as Fort Worth is to Dallas, by the way. At any rate, the Paxtons of Alito 
decided to go see the president when he was going through Dallas. And Bill Paxton was sitting on his pappy's shoulders when the motorcade went by. And they have gone back and reviewed that film. I don't know if it's the Zapruder film or some other film, but you can find a picture of Bill Paxton sitting there on Pappy's shoulders watching as JFK rolls by in his Lincoln Continental with the suicide doors before he is shot by, most of us believe, Mr. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. So, so his role in the assassination, he was a witness. He was a yeah, bystander. Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> and you know sometimes a, you know the, the, it's the journey you know i mean if we hadn't talked about bill pax at all we'd never have any idea about how close fort worth is to dallas which i think a lot of people right now are saying you know there's a lot of bullshit that first half hour was a waste but now i know so much more about metropolitan <laughs> texas that uh that's why i come back every week but i won't make that mistake again oh that's all right detroit's a suburb of chicago <sighs> okay um so, um, I just want to see where he's going with this. I'm now just, what? I'm, I'm going. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find something sharp so I can open a vein. You're usually quicker than this. Well, I, I was, was wondering if you're going to. I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm furiously calling up a map of Texas just to see if there's any way I can come back because I. I think Alito probably is more than uh, than a suburb of Dallas. It's probably it's probably its own municipality where they're very proud. It's they don't want to be overshadowed by Dallas. It's a suburb of Fort Worth, but go ahead. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, this is like quickstand. The more you struggle, the, mm -hmm. more, you, the more you sink. Two guys so, who won't give up. Uh, I gave up a long time ago. That's why I'm here. So, Kalina, what have you been up to since the last time? <laughs> That's a terrible you? transition. <laughs> you know, been working at the radio station. I got a promotion. I'm now the senior news producer, so that's really exciting. Um, I'm also working at El Az, uh, Mexican restaurant and tequila bar. Uh, that's what are you doing there? In East Lansing, which is a suburb of Lansing. Yeah, that is But true. also its own distinct uh, municipality. What are you doing there? I'm busing and hosting. It's not really fun, but, you know, pays well. So get and a lot I, of and, money. And how are people treating you when they come in? What kind of mood are people in? Normally they're drunk when they come in, so it depends. A happy <laughs> drunk or are they they're entitled? If we're not busy, they're happy because they get to sit out in the patio. But if we're busy, like on Cinco de Mayo, I was having people were yelling at me twenty four seven just trying to get a table with a two hour wait. Like, they're rude. Not really. Now, do you notice that the customers from Fort Worth are different from the customers from <laughs> Dallas because they're obviously vastly different? Uh, that there's a gulf between these two thriving metropoli. You know, I don't see a lot of people from Texas and East Lansing, So there's not enough of a so. survey sample to make any yeah. sort of, okay, okay. He's making a joke about that. Oh, I'm, I'm fully aware. But, but, no, no, I know, I know you're aware of that. Oh, but, why do I do this? <laughs> oh, my God. You can't let anything go. It's like Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. People in Ann Arbor look down at people in Ypsilanti. For more on the Cadu Cafe, go to cadjucafe.com. It's Muscle Monday um, next week. Or Michigan, Michigan State. Well, there's there's a transition for you. Do you want to talk about Adrian Payne? Well, you I know? want first. I want people to know a little bit about more about Patrick Schmitz before they say, okay. "Boy, I I I'm glad I stuck around from that Dallas uh, Fort Worth discussion." <laughs> well, so, uh, so Patrick, what you, you're a you're a student at Grand Valley State, um, recently released from a halfway house where you were sentenced after some crimes that will soon be expunged. So we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> But uh, what is it that brings us brings you to this podcast? What is it you're hoping to accomplish this summer? Well, I only have three more class credits to have uh, to take for next semester before I graduate. But I do need an internship, so, so it's I, utter desperation. Then 
Well, I mean, you were my first choice, though. I mean, I, there was, was really there no other place that I wanted to go. Don't inflate his ego, such please. A lie. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Kalina has a podcast. You could have gone to WDBM and and interned on her show. I've never even heard of it. Oh, ouch. <laughs> no one has. It's no okay. offense. No offense, of course. I get my 40 listeners. Shit. It's my dad listening to well, it. Well, we have times. 45, so don't feel bad. Yeah, so I decided 44. I wanted to uh, I wanted to work for work for a 42. podcast. <laughs> we're falling so fast. I'm afraid we're going to get a nosebleed. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to work for you because I mean I I knew you in high school and you were always so nice to me and I I I had I thought you were a funny guy and I heard from Emily uh, th- that you had a, a podcast of your own and that it was pretty good and it was pretty funny. So I gave it a listen myself and. I th- I think it's great, honestly. Uh, and I d- just wanted to ask if I could work here, and you said yes, and I was I was super excited for it. Um, but yeah, I graduate after next semester, so I'm looking forward to that. You heard from Emily. For our listeners, Emily is Emily is my daughter. There you go. Who uh, I guess has listened to the show before, so that's good. What do you want to do? So you're graduating. What do you want to do? Um, so my main interest is going into uh, radio, but uh, I would also like to do uh, any type of journalism back in the UK because I'm hoping hmm. to move back there after next year. Why uh, okay. I mean back. Why yeah, why do you want to go back uh Um so I actually I actually as far as away as he can get from this basement. <laughs> why, why, why don't you why don't you have an accent? Uh well, I moved here quite young. So uh and I also had an American mother. So I was living in a family with only myself, my brother, and my sister were the only ones who still had our accents, and my mother didn't, and I went to a school with all Americans. And let's let's just say other kids are very mean, and they don't oh, yeah. like it kids when you sound worst. different. So yeah. after suck. a few years, I, I just kind of threw it away and just stopped using it entirely. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Harlow, which is a small little town inside Suburb of Suburb of Dallas. Yeah, it's right. It's right next to Dallas in Epping. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Epping, Dallas. Oh, Epping. Sorry. It's a suburb Epping. of Dallas. Get it right. Yeah. So it's in. Uh, that's a part of Essex, which is just uh, northeast of London-ish. And uh, not a suburb. Not too far from Norwich. I mean, you could call it a suburb if you wanted it to. How but close is it to Alito? Alito, probably about four and a half thousand miles. Oh, we have friends of the show in Norwich. That may so actually be an accurate answer. Not too far. Or oh, Norwich. We do. We have friends of the show over oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah. They listen. And, and that's a suburb of Sheffield. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> what is going on um, today? So, pa- you're, never I, gonna get, you're never going to come back, are you? So can you can I you turn this to. accent on and off? You said you didn't uh, have to? I can, but no, uh, my, brother, my brother will always make fun of me whenever I use it, so I try not to use it in front of people. Well, come on. Are you, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, governor. Just <laughs> a real bad one. Uh, so there's a bit of a difference in accents in the UK. And when you grow up in Essex, the one that you just used to, quite frankly, make fun of me is actually the most common accent in Essex. However, my father, it was, gr- grew up in the UK after moving from Germany, and he always learned to use a conservative RP accent. It's very uh, subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not very deep. It's a uh, conservative RP is what we call the Queen's English, uh, and that is basically what we would call posh, which is the fancy one that people always make fun of in the UK. However, if I if I had stayed there, 
I'm sure that my accent would have devolved into the allo governor because that's what <laughs> usually happens in Essex is that uh, you sound like that. Do you ever break it out just to see uh, people's reactions, be it uh, like for a job interview? I know because people think uh, it sounds smarter, I would suppose, or chicks tended to really dig accents. Um, for they the did in the 80s part, during the John Hughes era. I do sometimes bring it out just to troll people. Uh Usually just to see the look of bewilderment on their face, it always is hilarious to me. What about the words, though? I don't know. A lot of the phrases, you've dropped those two, like brilliant or right then or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and I... adopting I, whatever. I'll say those in an American accent, too. So it doesn't really... Uh, I think people will sometimes look at me if I'm speaking with my normal Midwestern uh, accent and I'll use things that they're not used to hearing, then they'll usually ask me if if i'm not from around the area but if i just really want to trip somebody up or if they're annoying me i'll just switch back uh to my english accent just to just to uh are we allowed to curse yeah yeah um, say whatever uh, you j- fucking j- want uh, yeah, just just to fuck with them a little bit uh <laughs> <laughs> just to just to just to make them all surprised and what stuff. do you call the rear compartment of a car oh my a God. boot there, oh, there you go yeah what would you put in sean's ass if he tried to give you a geography lesson Oh a foot. God. A trainer. A foot. Oh, <laughs> a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, score one for Sean uh, of Epping. Um, so, Kayla, if you if you leave here and you get a phone call from an English guy seeking to intern on your show, I just want to tell you. I know where he came from. Yeah, ask for, <laughs> ask for references. So, so are you going to be up in East Lansing all summer? I will be. I'm going to try to go visit my brother in the UP for a little bit. But other than that, I'm going to be in good old East Lansing. And are you going to make some time over the summer to watch some more of these Bill Paxton films? Uh, probably. Are you going to watch Valley Girl? Be honest, don't will you watch Valley Girl? Not a Bill Paxton film. No, but it's a... If you really want me to watch Valley Girl I'm that scary, bad, I'm I curious will. if it holds up or not. For You know, you like 16 Candles, so... We, we could do an AV club. You know, you could have. Do you watch? Do you watch old films, or are you just like, oh, those are gross? No, I watch old films. I. What do you mean original, by old? Like, eighties. Like, yeah, that's old. Come on. <laughs> For me, that's old, but yeah. it's vintage. I originally wanted to study like filmmaking and sure. documentary making, and then I realized I I'm going to live in my parents' basement, so I didn't want to do that anymore. But I have always been really interested in it, so I like to go back and watch old films that are known for being like classics or like ones that won awards when COVID first hit, I took every like, day I would watch a different like Oscar winning film just to see what it was. Cause you don't typically really? watch wow. those, Yeah, but I don't know. Film really interests me. So I've been, I watch a lot of different things and a lot of different movies. Hey, do you guys watch thirties, uh, forties, like noir, Maltese Falcon, Humphrey Bogart, all that kind of stuff? Do young people watch that anymore? No, no. But I played a video game called <laughs> L.A. Noir, which is it takes place. <laughs> Not in, at all the same. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's 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 about the closest I've come to that. I've seen. Kaylee is a teacher named L.A. Dickinson. So Dickerson. So we're it's all worlds <laughs> worlds colliding. So before we move on to the the rest of the show, uh, last time you were here, Kaylee, you were telling us about crazy stuff going on on campus. Do you guys have any stories that would blow old people's minds about what you've seen and experienced in our our, uh, ivory tower? I do have a crazy story. (laughs) So uh, this past weekend was graduation. So a lot of people going out, a lot of craziness. My one roommate, she's still on the rowing team, and it was our other roommate's birthday. 
So she got decorations for her. She left them in her car, was going out to her car to go bring them into me. Keep mine. It's like 630 in the morning on a Saturday. She bring she opens the front door and there is a man sleeping like on our welcome mat. Oh, that's was it, fun. Was it Anthony Michael Hall? We have no idea who this kid was. <laughs> okay. and, well, young people don't know who he is either. Well, but yeah. But we can't rule him out. She freaks out, comes and wakes me up. She's like, there's a man on our door. I go, what? And she opens the door again, wakes the kid up. And he just sits up and goes, I'm so fucking confused. She goes out to her car, comes back. He's still there. He went back to sleep. Did he have an English accent? He did not. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but she asked him, like, are you going to stay? Like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just going to wait it out. And went back to sleep on our, like. Oh, good answer. I'm in our him. hallway of oh, our apartment tired. building. He's tired. What do you want him to is, do? Is there a chance he was trying to find Dallas and he was from Fort Worth <laughs> and was surprised at the vast distance. I was waiting between these two, you know, completely yeah. distinct when geographical. Might a, when might get the dog biscuit in his teeth. Yeah, but okay. I never saw that kid again. Go. How told, old was he? Was this like a creeper or just like no, some was, other student? He was a student. Like there, the, he had to have gotten in our building somehow because you can't get into the hallways where all the apartments are unless you have a key or someone lets you in. Okay. I don't know where he came from. I've never seen him before. Oh, so I don't know how great, he got in. Weird guy floating around that I saw in college naked with David Thewlis. Have you ever seen this before? It's a great, he's like the most vile person. He goes, he destroys everybody's lives. But in the middle of it, there's this drunken kid from Aberdeen who's walking through the streets of whatever town they're in in the UK, just cursing uncontrollably. And, and he just pops up all over the place, kind of a... Okay, nobody's seen that one. No, by, by, by the way, what's going on with the tracker? It's currently Last playing time you were talking about tracker, oh. following people the in the watch or something. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah slipping I've, little. Yeah. Air tags. I haven't air tags. heard okay. about it much See, lately. I still maintain that is a story that the news media loves that isn't really that big of an issue. That's yeah. just my opinion. It was big. In the beginning of the year, but now I don't see it as much. What? I've heard a lot more about people. I love it when. Why are you looking at me like that? I love it's it when conspiracy, conspiracy theory, theory Mark comes out. It's not a conspiracy. Everybody theory. wants to cancel I, everything. I think, no, I just think, I don't feel that way. I, John Hughes is the best ever. It wasn't the 80s. No, but that, that story just seemed to be one of those. He was from Fort Worth, by the way. Clickbaity stories because <laughs> every time you see I, I one heard of he those, went to school every morning in Dallas. Every it was so close. I'm sorry, Mark. Go, go, go. It's fine. Every no, time go. there was an AirTag story, it would always end with, and the person was notified on their phone that they were being tracked. And I'm like, okay. So when you after you came in, I was very aware of all these stories every time I would yeah. see it. And it just doesn't seem, it just seemed to be one of those fear-mongering stories that, hey, people can slip an air tag on you and track you around and did just, this guy have an air tag maybe i don't know this poor kid was so lost i don't know where he how he ended maybe up he needed an air tag. was he drunk was he was well he clearly on, but i mean i mean he could be a kid who was off his medication or who was on medication had some drinks and got disoriented or, or was watched he like, too I'm much sure he 16 was candles derelict. really drunk okay. are you are you worried in general about like security on campus yes and no um, Are you worried about being air tagged? It's not more so on campus. It's like downtown. Like when I'm sure. walking home from work, like that gets kind of scary, especially late at night because drunk people will do what drunk Which people do. Yeah, you want to be aware, right? I mean, you got to be aware of your surroundings and whatnot. But generally, San Antonio. <laughs> there's a lot of fear mongering that you know, college oh, people yeah, are part sure. of the state. Aren't safe. <laughs> no, it's a I, suburb of Austin. 
I don't ever feel it's, like it's where they got the alibi on campus. Are you guys done doing your uh, argument? No, they're never going to finish <laughs> arguing. This is just how it is. Well, there was the okay. So Michigan State had that really sad story mm-hmm. um, about Brendan Santo, right? Yeah, he went missing, found, died, um, and then this past weekend there was another Michigan uh, State student that was missing. But she was found. She was fine. She, she was found safely. I feel like it got a lot of attention because of Brendan Santo. But this this student, Nicole uh, Quang, went missing. And the reason she went missing was because it was graduation weekend. Her family came up to see her graduate. And it's crazy. She didn't have enough credits to graduate. So she went missing. Oh. So now here you had, tell a lot of, folks. you had a lot of people mobilizing to look for her. Because she was too embarrassed to tell her parents, maybe because whatever reason, the pressure they put on, I don't know what, I don't know why someone would do that, but use a lot of resources doing pressure. that. And here it gets a lot of attention because of Brendan Santo. Yeah. I mean, campus feels a lot safer since then. I mean, I will never like the fences they put up. I think they're ugly and they cover fences. the river. What fences? They put fences up along the river so that people don't. That separate Lansing from East Lansing. No, no, it's to separate. That's 40 miles of fences you're going to need. Yeah, it's just annoying. They're ugly fences. I hope they're temporary because they're just like, they're so gross. But they did put in like 400 new cameras on campus and they're trying to make things safer. But I never felt unsafe in the first place. My friends always make it a joke that I will be the one to walk home alone. I refuse to Uber. Why would I pay $20 for an Uber when I can walk 20 minutes? What do you think of all those cameras? It's like CCTV. How you like in grew London, up? Yeah. Cameras everywhere in England. <laughs> uh, I I didn't really notice anything there. I'm, to be fair, I was so young when I lived there that uh, I mean that you the, never had an accent and you're pulling it out on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was like I was Johnny just, Depp of our podcast. Yeah. The Johnny can Depp. turn it on and off, and somebody pooped in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> that case has been so interesting. That's like the only thing I'm paying attention to right now. That's all my kids are talking. That's all my kids talk about too. It's amazing. Her lawyers They're suck. The they are absolutely They're, like terrible. you would think she would have enough money to pay good lawyers. They are really, really bad. And now there's oh. like speculation that she's drinking in the courtroom and all. Oh, and like taking a bump of coke. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah. The, with the Kleenex. Uh, it, it, it's fascinating though how the internet has a just bump. totally taken Johnny's side for the most part. I would say most, at least on social media, are. Pro Johnny Johnny Depp, which I maintain is because they like his movies. I mean, that's really yeah. to me what it's about. Because these are two of the absolute worst human beings that never should have been together. Yeah, and I don't actually. Know, I think they should be together to spare all the rest of us. You yeah, know, maybe. like they they take themselves out of circulation. They're both like, just crazy. We don't have to worry about them. It's a terribly abusive relationship from both sides, and yeah, it, it's, it seems like the lawsuit is just strictly to put all her dirty laundry out there because. She talks so much shit about him, which seems like a very childish reason to sue somebody. Now, see, yeah. from what I... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go, go, go. Uh, so, from what I've seen, I actually thought that it was Depp who had the really shitty lawyers because he no. lost in uh, their case, the, the his libel suit in the UK. In yep. the UK. And one thing I've learned... Remind me. <laughs> one thing I've learned from uh, some law classes that I took is that when you sue for libel in the UK versus in America... Uh, when it's in America, you the defendant doesn't have to prove the statement's false, but the person who committed the act has to prove it to be true. And but in the or sorry, it's uh, that's how it is in the UK. And in America, the the people who committed the act have to uh, who the per, the defendant has to prove it false 
So it's actually a lot easier to go against it. And so he still lost that case. Yeah, that so was, was against, really against the newspaper. Yeah, it, in, yeah. in England, the libel law is is very much on the side of the individual, whereas in the U.S., particularly if you're famous like Johnny Depp, yep. you not only have to prove that it was false and that you knowingly reported something was false, you need to you need to uh, pr- you need to prove that you knew it was false. You printed it willingly, and you did it because you wanted to hurt that person. Yeah, and Ellen Sarah Penn. Palin yeah. tried to beat that standard, and it, it it upheld. But yeah, you can win a libel case in the UK, and uh, and have no prayer in the US. Yeah, so I was uh, interested to see that uh, that people are taking Johnny Depp's side because it seemed to me like it would be pretty tough to actually prove that any of the allegations were true and or false or if they were just hearsay. But since he lost, I figured it'd be uh, even harder here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to win at all because it's strictly based on the op-ed piece that uh, was that she actually didn't even write in the Washington Post and didn't name him. Uh, but I think he was mad because they had this divorce settlement where uh, $7 million was going to be paid to her and she was going to pay to uh, the ACLU and other groups which she just didn't do, and the amount she did pay was seemingly odd, oddly paid by Elon Musk because she went on a date. It's, the whole thing is just a mess, and it's it's just weird how we can get wrapped up into these these kind of stories and these court proceedings. It's because they're interesting. They they're are all stupid. I'm very, like, I'm, I'll admit it. I'm, it's a I'm, nice distraction from the problems that we can't solve. Nasty people with too much money who may or may not be beautiful fighting is beats the shit out of trying to figure out whether you're supposed to get the booster well, shot. Well, and most people have been in bad relationships, right? <laughs> not not to that level bad, but there's been there's the relationship between the two that is kind of interesting how it just fell apart. Yeah, people can just people can relate to a case like this. Maybe not to the extreme sense sure, that exactly. this case is, but you know, if you had a you were in a toxic relationship, you you're definitely taking one side over the other based off of your experience, and that's why so many people care. That's why I've met so many people who will never support Johnny Depp again. They say they hate him. They will never watch another one of his movies. And I know a lot of people who uh, like that he's standing up for himself and really think Amber Heard is just crazy. Well, before they institute their ban, they should watch Black Mass. That's an underappreciated, uh, awesome movie. I was disappointed in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe because I knew too much about this, the story in general. Oh, I read the book and watched the movie and was, of course you did. was t- entirely uh, uh, satisfied with both. That scene where he's, he's trying to get the recipe for the steak, <laughs> yeah. that's worth it all by itself. Kalina, so you've watched the trial, right? Do yeah. You, are, do you stand on one side or the other? Um... I'm a little more towards Team Johnny. I didn't want to propose it like that. I do too. That's why I didn't say it. I just think Amber is a little of a loose cannon. Totally. And like when I listen to what she's saying, it doesn't even make sense. Like she'll be like, we were sitting on the edge of the couch. I was sitting on the edge of the couch. But then I looked at the carpet. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. What are you talking about? There's like too many things. I don't even know what you're saying. I find that really interesting, though, Patrick, that you you, you know people that won't see a Johnny Depp movie because they don't like how he's coming out in this trial. I don't that I just I don't I would watch a Johnny Depp movie. I don't really like him either, but I would totally watch the movie if I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's mostly my sister. She is uh, somebody who, you know, if it's she seemed she feels that this is a lot more of a, a domestic violence and a, like a, a women's rights case. And she thinks that um, a lot of the time, uh, 
you know, they're probably both telling the truth, but she thinks that uh, Johnny Depp should really be punished for his really? actions. And so she thinks that because uh, the people won't really punish Johnny Depp, that she should just not watch his movies because she doesn't want to show any support for him. Has she seen 16 Candles? <laughs> oh my God. I don't uh, see it like that at all. Maybe. I don't see it like that. She's seen Pirates of the Caribbean. And that's a reason enough not to watch his movies. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're right, Kalina. They're just two loonies fighting over nothing, and they're both horrible people. Who had both substance know abuse that. problems. Were you, were you swayed, by the way, one way or the other? I mean, did you have a, a, an idea about Johnny Depp before this trial that's changed because of it? Uh, not really. I always thought he was a very talented actor, and I will always stand by that. He's very talented at what he does. Is he a good person? No. My opinion's changed. He was topiary as well. My opinion's changed because of this trial. Because after following that UK trial where they found it yeah, more likely than not, he did abuse her. Now, the trial was him against the paper, not her. So you didn't get that other side of it, which is why I think he's doing this trial. But yeah, I think it was one of those things where, oh, wow, she was pretty terrible to him, too. Yeah, I think people thought he was a piece of shit before this trial. And a lot of and now we know they're both pieces of shit. And, really? And somehow that's helped him. But you know what? I would watch a movie if I thought the movie was going to be interesting and they were in it. I would watch it. I feel like it's helping him because when you see domestic abuse trials, it's typically just the man abusing the woman. But this is abuse both ways and you don't see it like that typically. Right. But it's just interesting. It's we should be listening to her podcast. Is wisdom, <laughs> wisdom from the mouths of babes. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how Alina it goes. Patrick Schmitz, thanks for coming on. We're going to have you guys back again. And... Um, and maybe we'll meet you at the restaurant. Can you get us like some extra chips? Oh, yeah. I understand. Always looking for free stuff. They're for not sure. free there. No, they so are. I, oh. I as long as it's not after the kitchen closes. I was hoping you're going to tell us their expense, but we'll get them for free just because we're pals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. The geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Now, if after that, if you don't know everything there is to know about Bill Paxton, I guess you better. <laughs> I feel like you have an odd obsession with him. You should probably you should probably listen again or watch the replay on YouTube channel ML Elric. By the way, if you subscribe to us on YouTube, it not only helps the show, but you'll get an alert when we finally do go live, which is usually sometime between 12 and 1230 every week. But if you listen to the full audio download, we have a special, a special surprise for you in room 7609. So please. Please stick around for that. Um, anyway, uh, when he was gallivanting around in spandex, they called him the Million Dollar Man, not oh, Steve Austin. Yeah. Now the about. Guardian reports that Mississippi Department of Human Service calls Ted DiBiase and his kinfolks chiselers. The former pro wrestlers are being sued for allegedly misusing state welfare funds on things like drug rehabilitation in Malibu, California. It was once said... Everybody's got a chance for the million dollar man. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> but today we're making our geek of the week. He just wanted to do the impersonation. The million dollar man. Just for, you know, I did have to watch so, the million dollar man so, to get his tagline. And then I started watching him because he's now an evangelical preacher and he wasn't bad. I kind of feel sad that he may have like, taken some welfare funds from, that should have gone to some of the poorest people in the country. But now you're glad. I just feel I'm mourned. Not you. mad. No. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. But Geek of the Week, that's free. What's going on? That is free. Mark's upset. Not upset. You're upset. Confused. Yeah.
Long-time listener, first-time emailer, Christopher checks in on his commute from Fort Worth to Dallas with an inspired selection, Hot Dog by Martini Ranch. But because Sean loves it when we don't take orders from anyone, we're playing Martini Ranch's... Well, I think there's a subversive. I know. Wait. I know. Kalina hey, and Patrick aren't going to be ordered around. This is really fascinating, Sean. How many times have people uh, mentioned song by a band and ML chooses a different song by the same band every time? And Sean loves it. I do. Of course. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to love this one. But uh, so that's why we're we're playing Martini Ranch. But we're playing. How can the laboring man find time for self culture? And Patrick will appreciate this. Laboring is spelled. L-A-B. Sorry, Christopher. O-U-R-I-N. You tried, Christopher. Exactly how it should be spelled. <laughs> he put the U in labor. I, I love a song that starts with a bunch of weird What's noises fresh? and talking, too. <laughs> Sounds good. Domo, domo, domo. Thanks, pal. Myself to play that I'm a man from birth. You won't turn me away. When I'm with you, why do I feel this way? You drive me wild, and we mix the dark passion.
rhythm of your heart Tearing you apart You can watch me as I slip Watch me as I slide But the rhythm of my heart Makes me want to hop Should have so, gone with his uh, the one he picked. Yeah, the thanks. Listener picked. Sorry, Christopher. You know, again, it, if you listen to Hot Dog, it's not as Jesus. good as this tune. But here's why I picked this it's one. No, he was supposed to pick it, and you punked him. He made a suggestion. We, we entertain suggestions. So the reason why we picked Martini Ranch and why don't say we. Christopher and I picked Martini Ranch. <laughs> don't say Christopher. Or as Patrick would in England, the the royal we. Oh. It can be one monarch. The reason why we picked it because it's a new wave band featuring Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. And if you you could recognize his voice and if you were paying attention, but here's what you may have also recognized if you were paying attention, <laughs> three members of Devo perform in that tune. And it so this was a Devo-ish. Hence yeah, the uh, opening with all the little pretentious gibberish. Yeah, but I just think some of the hooks, you know, had that sort of Devo yeah. feel. But anyways, yeah, you know, Mark's no, Mother's no Ball was involved in some okay. of the work they did, and B-52s have been featured in some of the songs that Martini Ranch did. So it is a new wave side project that also included some amazing guest appearances by new wave artists. And the video, so there's a killer video for this particular tune, but some of the other videos, like... Um, is it Ranch? Uh, Reach. Um, was directed by James Cameron, who, of course, directed Mr. Paxton in His Terminator, worst movie. Titanic, Titanic, a bunch of other stuff. And there's there's cameos in there by Judge Reinhold, Rick Rosovich. And Sean would appreciate this, especially as, as uh, Bill Paxton is going into a saloon in the Reach video. Paul Reiser walks up to him and tries to sell him some snake oil. Sort of reprising the slimy guy that he was in Aliens. In Aliens. By the so way, it all comes James together Can't, just like that commute from Dallas in. to Alito, James which is Can't, a suburb of uh, Dallas. James Cameron's ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, who mm -hmm. great director, made uh, Near Dark, which Bill Paxton was in, a vampire movie, and a very <laughs> underrated 80s movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's 80s. Late 80s, early 90s, maybe. Shot in Fort Worth. <laughs> I might have been shot in Dallas. No, I don't know where <laughs> so it was close. shot. It probably just right on the town line. Yeah, right sc on. Screw Dallas. They're they're um, they're uh, right next to each other. Anyway, so that is uh, Martini Ranch. We've got some great suggestions. We appreciate them. And uh, and uh, Christopher, thanks for thanks for tying the show up so neatly. We really appreciate. It. And if you do listen to Martini Ranch, it actually is a pretty good band. So if you like new wave music. There's one that may be perhaps the most obscure 
band we've ever had in Room 7609. If you have a suggestion for any part of the show other than stop it right now, you can send that to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail, or you can give us a call at 313-288-9070. Speaking of old movies, that's our Butterfield 8 9070 line. If you've never seen Butterfield 8 and you like Elizabeth Taylor, you should watch Butterfield 8. Or Cleopatra. Um, no donations this or week. Or Cyrus. So, whoa. Uh, no donations this week. Very sad, which is amazing because it's really simple to donate. So simple. Mark will tell you how in less than 30 seconds. MLSolaDetroit.com. Click on there. Donate button at the top. Click on that. Giveaway. Wow, so that was that was really fast. You can also sponsor the show if you have a great event you have coming up or a product. L- let us know how we can let the world know, and we'll do it for a reasonable amount of dough. You can also reach us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate, and share the show. We really would appreciate it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is ML Elric. No periods on that one, I think. Uh, not a lot of feedback this week. Joseph writes with a suggestion for Room 7609 that we will try to get on in an upcoming episode. And I may even play the exact song he suggests just to satisfy wow, Sean. what a concept. And we still have an impressive list of suggestions from DJ Dan that we will work through this spring. Uh, our other piece of feedback comes from Jessica, who checks in with a simple hi. But that might just be spam. And uh, we did hear from Zoe, who asked a question that I've been getting uh, asked in my capacity as a new columnist at the free press and is popping up left and right about this incident in flint where was it a flint uh, city councilwoman or a school board member yeah the ninth ward council yeah referred to another member of the council as ghetto and uh, and zoe asks um a question that uh that is largely academic because it's premised on if i had been elected to detroit city council it says, if ML was a Detroit councilman and let a ghetto slur slip out a hot mic, career over and needs to be escorted out with police help, right? What a wild story. And she has company. One of her white colleagues double down on Facebook afterwards. And she goes on and on to say, so this is, this is something that I've been asked, um, you know, do I consider ghetto to be a slur? Is it a euphemism for black or for perhaps some uh, more pejorative adjectives? And uh, I would have to say that uh, as a white guy, I don't think I should be calling somebody ghetto because I do feel like when you hear about urban radio stations, we know what you're saying. You're saying a black radio station. So why don't you say a black radio station? There's nothing wrong with saying a black radio station. So while I'm concerned that we have become so worried about words and how they can be turned into weapons, some time ago we had a very vigorous discussion on this show about whether the word thug is appropriate to be used in any capacity. And we had a difference of opinion there. But I do think when you throw something out at a meeting like that, you're asking for a lot of trouble. It's how it's used too. Yeah. And in the manner in which it's used. And this, this woman even admitted that, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I was frustration, pure frustration. So she was trying to use it as an attack. Yeah. And I, you know, the fact that she's copping to that she used that word basically as a as a, a grenade um, says to me that she's got a lot to answer for. But I, I do hate it when people just say something and then they then all we're talking about is the word and not what they were trying to say or what the real sure. 
mm-hmm. discussion is or what the really debate is. So frankly, I have to tell you, I have no idea what these city council members were talking about. All I know is that she used a word that she shouldn't have used, and so we're talking about that. Does anybody know what the what the larger topic was? No, nope. the larger that, issue was that, that really was beside the point. From everything I no no that that's what I'm saying is I think it's unfortunate because we're all hung up on this word, and so what their topic was is now perceived to be no, beside I understand the point. that. I'm just saying like for the say purposes they're, they're of this. They're both important, right? Right. No, I'm saying for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's gone yes, on exactly. too long. Yeah. Oh. What topic of oh. conversation would actually make it seem like it wasn't used in the way that it's been speculated to be, though? I mean, if you were discussing an impoverished neighborhood and call it a ghetto, that would probably be okay. But if you're basically trying to say that something is not of high quality because it's ghetto, now you're basically saying that a word that has a perfectly legitimate use really just means something sucks. So using it as a noun instead of an adjective would probably make it okay then. I have like to the, think through. Like the song, that. The World is a Ghetto. In the Ghetto. Or, or that the Elvis too. song. Yeah. Well, if somebody, yeah. if somebody said, the um, I know what regular people feel like and I know what it's like to do without because I was raised in the ghetto. And you say, oh, really? And they said, I came from the projects, or I came from a neighborhood where the housing was crumbling and we didn't have good city services, no problem. But very, if somebody very, says, uh, hey, I noticed you wearing a big gold chain and a pork pie hat, that's real ghetto. Now I'm like, oh, what are you trying to say, sir? Which that tends to be the only way people use ghetto now. They don't refer to a... Yeah, you know, no. The, they don't refer to a, a impoverished area as the ghetto anymore. They just don't. Yeah. No. It, 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 so to Patrick's point, yeah, it probably is a pejorative use. Yeah, when they use it as 90% an adjective, of the time. it's used to describe yeah. something. A per- like well, you, know. you want to describe a well, person. A person. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Or the way a person looks. Or, yeah. Well, and it also sort of makes a commentary in the ghetto, right? It's like, well, nothing good must come from the ghetto, whereas a lot of people have succeeded because they came from humble roots. It, it becomes a word that doesn't even really mean what it means, and people use it to mean something that they just are afraid to say because they know it would be so obvious that they're a piece of crap. So uh, so it is an interesting debate. But yeah, if I was on Detroit City Council and that word came out of my mouth, yeah, oh boy, we, we'd be back in the office saying, okay, when but can sh- we get everybody out sh- here to explain what we really meant and to make an apology and try and get the discussion back on track? But so here's where I get concerned about this on the flip side is there's a subject somebody doesn't want to talk about that really needs to be talked about and all we talk about is the word then everybody loses because now all we're doing is we're talking about the smoke and we're never putting out the fire. That's deep. That's good. That's yeah. so deep of you. Right, Sean? Sean yeah. got shut yeah. down. Profound. He was consulting his map. Um, so the other topic that's come up uh, that Sean and you're I- gone. Had, you'd gone five, six minutes there. So that was pretty good. I did leave an opening for you. <laughs> well, go ahead. Finish your, finish your brilliant thought. So I just put in a Sean Windsor silence there because I thought it might provoke some amazing debate. Oh, no, no, no. Finish your thought. Whatever. I tried it again. It doesn't work. You're right. Whatever that Um, was. So this is is a conversation that Sean and I had probably over a decade ago um, about Adrian Payne. And it's kind of resurfaced since Mr. Payne was killed. I believe he was shot. Do we know what the circumstances are from we, that shooting? We, we it was do. a domestic. Uh, I've heard some grapevine stuff, but has it been reported? Yes. By, yeah, because oh, there was morning the, in the free press. Yeah, there's an affidavit. Yeah. Um, he is the girlfriend. They were asked to come over. Adrian's girlfriend was asked by a friend of hers to come over and help out because they were having an argument, her and her boyfriend. 
Um, and he came over there to defuse it. And, you know, this guy's dad is claiming, the shooter's dad, I can't even see if I can find his name again, but he's claiming that his son was intimidated by Adrian Payne's son because Adrian's 6'10", I mean, huge guy. And he's claiming, and the shooter is claiming that Adrian said in a, in a car in exchange from, I guess the shooter was outside the car, Adrian was in the car, and he said, I'll smoke you. Yeah, which, I mean, come on, you're talking about the, a murderer. Say, yeah, I mean, no, for sure. No, I'm just saying. I believe that he also claims, saying he pled not guilty, and that's what he's saying. Yeah, he also claimed that uh, Adrian had a gun, which he, by all accounts, did not have a weapon, but he thought he did. Which you know, once again, this is a murderer, you know, trying to explain away his actions. But I, I find it interesting that yeah, he's here's Adrian Payne going to help somebody, and his reward is getting murdered. So where this gets controversial is there's been some mention in uh, accounts of Mr. Payne's death, that he was involved in a rather uh, troubling incident at the MSU campus when he was a student with Keith Appling, where they were accused or at least were rumored to have sexually assaulted another student in a dorm room. And some people have said that, why would you mention this? When this man died, how is that appropriate? Yeah, I'd love your take on that because I, I read a bunch of stories yesterday about Adrian, and I think only about maybe three of them even mentioned that allegation. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't know what your opinion was. Like, is and the, you were asking, you know, is this is this analogous to Kobe Bryant, where some people wrote Kobe Bryant was killed in a helicopter crash of the day. And by the way, he had once been accused of sexually assaulting a hotel employee. And, you know, why would you bring that up? when someone has died. And so I, I speak to this a little bit as, as uh, with some, I guess, expertise as a former obituary writer. And I don't pretend to have all the answers. And I don't think too much about this stuff in my spare time. But I, I think when you're talking about a regular person, and I had lots of people who called me uh, to get obituaries for their loved ones, and they would make all kinds of claims. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I wrote obituaries for who died in World War II who single-handedly won the war. Yeah. I mean, they got every medal. They, they must have looked like a Russian general when they put that fruit salad on the front of their dress uniform. And we never questioned it because we kind of figured, first of all, we didn't have the time. Uh, Department of Defense doesn't confirm that stuff for you on deadline. But these are just regular people who no one ever knew. And if they told some stories to their family and embellished a little bit or the family, you know, saw someone a little taller and a little slimmer in death than they really were in life, what's the harm? It was probably the only time they were in the newspaper and they were probably never ever going to be in there again. In a case like that, I don't think I would have mentioned that someone had at one time been accused of some sort of crime. Although I will tell you, I did occasionally go into our library and see if someone who I was asked to write about did pop up in the newspaper. Um, and there were things where the guy who was running WJR at the time, Ernie Harwell, was fired. I put at the top of my story, here's one of the guys who fired Ernie Harwell. And believe me, his family was losing their friggin' mind. They called the publisher. I was new at the free press. I had the publisher coming down and saying, why do we got to put that in the lead? I'm like, because nobody knows who the hell this guy was. You fire Ernie Harwell. Now, you know, now I actually care about it. In fact, I might not even put this guy in the paper if he hadn't fired Ernie Harwell. Of course, it turns out it was really Bo who fired Ernie. But anyways, this guy took the heat. So we ended up negotiating that where that mention came up a little lower in the story. But that guy was also somewhat of a public figure. In a case like Adrian Payne, I don't think you put in the lead 
one time suspected rapist Adrian Payne was killed while coming to the aid of, of a, a damsel in distress. That's completely and utterly inappropriate, but he is a public figure. From the time he was a teenager until the time of his untimely demise, he was someone who was in, he was a personality. He was someone who's known. And I think if you write that story, you do have to make at least some passing reference to this incident, not just because it was, you know, talked about 10 years ago, but because more recently it became part of one of the biggest blemishes on Tom Izzo's career where people were talking about, does the Michigan State Athletic Program have a culture where athletes are allowed to get away with things that may be potentially criminal? So I don't think you can write a story about the passing of Adrian Payne without mentioning it. Well, the Free Press, that paper. But you, you probably know, put it near the bottom. They And then that's what they did, and they used it in the context of why he was cut from the Orlando Magic, which, by the way, was Bullshit. Oh, so there's that too. Yeah. Like that was the reason he was cut. No, that happened the day after the report from ESPN. Yeah, the surface. timing yeah. was pretty. Well, I think so. that's 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 plausible. I, no, I but, I, but I think I mean, they used it. The, or that night even. I mean, it was quick. Yeah, but yeah, I think he was also a, a fringe player, right? So, I mean, exactly. it's easy to get that's, rid of a guy that you're not counting on. If it was right. Kobe, you weren't going to cut him. Yeah. Well, and no, the Lakers surely report, didn't. But if that report <laughs> exactly. doesn't surface, he doesn't get. He probably didn't get renewed at the end of the season. Well, he doesn't get cut that night or the next day or whatever. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, he kind of fades out as opposed to... Like most players do that are yeah. trying to hang around the fringe of the NBA. Yep. Yeah. So so I, to me, I I mean, I guess to answer your question, I think it's appropriate to mention it, but you you put it where it belongs, which is in some context. And, and uh, you know, and it sounds like the free press did that, which is good because I don't really want to have to quit again. Let me ask you another one. There's, um, Although I'm still a probationary employee, so if anybody's listening back to the office, I was kidding. Was, there was a, a double... edit that out. Boy, and how do I transition to this? There was a double homicide-suicide up in Independence Township, Clarkston area, and it was a woman who transitioned to a woman. She killed her boyfriend who also transitioned, and some of the stories mentioned that they uh, mentioned them by their birth name, and some didn't. And the question is, is that worth mentioning? Their birth name or their... Well, just that they had transitioned from male to female and female to male. I believe they uh, call their birth name their dead name. Okay, they dead, okay, they dead name. Um, but uh, I actually had a roommate last year who was a transgender individual. And uh, I actually learned a lot from him. And he told me that pretty much what they do once they transition is that they go through a process where they try to change all of their information to their new risen name. So I believe that if they were going to write about them, especially in this type of situation, I mean, I feel like the least you can do is uh, put them down as who who they want it to be, right? I completely agree. So the only reason I would say no, though, is it could be the motive for the murder. Like there was some speculation to that. But then again, now you're speculating in an article. If it's speculation, then that was the cause of murder. Then, yeah, I feel like it would be important to include. But if it's just an obituary, then. Well, it was. I mean, it was a story about, you know, she was on the hunt. You know, she was on the lam at that point before they found her body from the suicide. So that's where I would make a distinction. Once everybody's dead, I think you call them by the name that they prefer. But if someone is alive and at large. I might know them by their birth name and their birth identity. So if you're trying to inform the public, watch out for so-and-so, to use both the birth name and the current name would be, I think, and again, you know, we're 
I've never thought about this before two minutes ago, but if you're trying to help somebody find somebody, I might run into somebody, I haven't seen you in 20 years. Uh, or, you know, I think that's where you might use both names. But, you know, I think the rule of obituaries is kind of, you show some grace and oh, you yeah. try and be as yeah, this was as, not an obit uh, to be fair yeah no 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 but once but, but but i guess what i'd say is the rule would probably apply to me once somebody's dead you use the name that they sure. want used but um but if somebody's at large i mean the whole reason to publicize that is to help find this person who's suspected of a crime and who may be a danger to the public so well, the, the victim transition too though and they i don't know if they, yeah they did dead name um him well, so the victim, I'm always going to use whatever name the victim yeah. wants to use. I don't know. I just thought it was intriguing. Why not use just both names? If it's somebody still at large, they're obviously... They, they use both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The person at large, they I mention, would use both names. Yeah. And once they're dead, then I might just go with... Uh, but, I mean... I feel like that's shit's a getting complicated. decision. I mean, it's just weird with that kind of stuff because it's... I mean, it's always been around. It's always been a thing, but it's never been publicly such a thing till now. and. Mm -hmm. No, well, it's because everyone can argue over it. Yeah, and us as journalists now need to figure out what we're going to do with that and how we're going to move forward. But I would just go with whatever name they prefer. Yes. And like and like you were saying, unless they were like at large and you were looking for them, then, you yeah. know, give them every detail you can. Yeah, I mean, uh, if everybody says I'm looking for Frida Jones, but I recognize Fred Jones, then let's have both of them because it's all about trying to, yeah. trying to protect the public. But yeah, I just took an inclusion um, training module yesterday at work, and one of the the best things that came out of that, which seems pretty obvious, but hopefully we can all agree that this is a good way to do it, is when somebody makes a mistake in referring to somebody by a term that they might not uh, prefer. What you do is you apologize and say, you know, what's your preference? You know, and, and mm -hmm. I hope that as we try and figure things like this out, because we are moving really fast, that we can all give everybody a little bit of a little bit of room to figure it out as opposed to, you know, you got that wrong. I hate you. And it's like, oh shit, man, I'm just trying to figure this out. But um, but yeah, no, that I and I saw that um when the uh suspect was at large, I'm like, you know, what struck me more than anything was just how young everybody was. Yeah, it wasn't 20, whether someone's he, she, they. I was well, like. She killed her brother, too, and they were two of, uh, 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 there were triplets. So now there's one person who's lost both siblings. It's intriguing, though. Free Press did not mention the, they didn't dead name or mention the transition, but the family did in the story to Fox 2. So, I don't know. I just, it, I just thought it was a very interesting um subject to you know do you name it do you not name it how germane is it to the story the family thought it was i mean it's not dallas fort worth geography but it's interesting <laughs> i'm more of an right, i'm man. done <laughs> yeah, is anything as important as dallas fort worth geography though <laughs> no i don't apparently, know no. apparently not actually not here i had no idea that sorry, texans were so touchy to, it's fine <laughs> i know what you're trying to do yeah don't don't mess I with appreciate it don't mess with Just Texas to help, is, is the message. Um, a little closer to home, a dispute that seems a lot less complicated. Wait, wait, it didn't wait. work. No, it didn't. Damn. Oh, well. What happened? I tried. Nothing. Go ahead. You're fine. What's going on? <laughs> the sleeper you can listen back when you listen back to the podcast and figure it out. Go ahead. Okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> do I have to listen? That seems bad enough that I had to live through What were you going to say? James Cameron directed some really... Oh, Cool Bill Paxton. Videos. Here we go again. Oh, oh, so, yeah. um, 
If you uh, are interested in a more uh, banal dispute closer to home, my latest column for the Free Press is about a dispute between two men who claim that they are the rightful chairman of the Macomb County Republican Party. It's an interesting little ditty. If you check it out, we'll put a link on our website. And if you'd care to subscribe, it's like one buck for six months. And it might keep me from being unemployed and doing a second podcast. So there really is an incentive to try and keep me gainfully employed the other days of the week. And sadly, you'll also be supporting the work of Sean Windsor. So it's a, it's a dollar that you may regret, but it's well spent um, if every For quarter you. doesn't go in the right yeah. direction. That's right. Um, Sean, what's up next with the Carlos and Sean podcast? Oh, we're going to have you on. Oh, Wow. I haven't told you yet, but we're going to have you on. Block out a lot of time. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> be more pain, um, but just all for me. And uh, Mark, what, what? I got nothing. Go. That's it? Yep. Just, just a, a heavy I, sense of regret? Do I have anything in here? No, never. Okay. Well, we will be back next week. Um, apologies in advance with another show that may or may not be great. In the meantime, there's lots of other good stuff on the Red Shovel Network. Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour, the Drew and Mike podcast. But for now, this is the part of the show that everybody likes best. It's when we say, Cyrus, would you kindly take us some Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You want to be a party animal. You have to learn to live in the jungle. Not us. Not here. No way. She is turning their lives. Trust me for once, will you? Their minds. <laughs> and their house. Upside down. It's seriously affecting your sex life. <laughs> it's completely unnatural. Do you realize it's snowing in my room? Totally unbelievable. What's going on? And definitely weird. Hi, dudes. They went from zeros to heroes in one fantastic weekend. I'm so good. Universal Pictures presents The Soul of Detroit. It's purely sexual. 